0: Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit
1: her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 79 of The Room, in which, what the hell is Claudette rambling about? We begin with Mark awkwardly watching Lisa have a conversation with Stephen. And Claudette and Johnny talking. This is actually a continuation of something we heard earlier in the film. Because Claudette was telling Lisa about it. She has a friend, Shirley Hamilton, that needs help buying a house. You remember my friend, Shirley Hamilton? Uh-huh. She wants to buy a new house, and so I asked Johnny if he could help her with the down payment. All he can tell me is
0: it's an awkward situation. I expected your husband to be a little more generous.
1: This conversation actually fits with earlier stuff, which is nice.
0: Continuity in the room, don't be ridiculous. Right. Oh, hi, Ollie. Oh, hi, Rob. Hi. <laughs> oh, hi, Allison. It, it
1: feels like it's just random dialogue, but it actually goes along. She's asking about, like, but that's what friends are for. They have to help you out. She's just mm. fallen on a little bit of hard luck. I know you can bother I you.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> All
1: four. Yeah. To... <laughs> okay, fine. i <I'll>
0: do just... <laughs> Yeah, I don't <I>, know. I'm just <laughs> Well, i love okay. the <laughs> cast, but, you know. That's what friends are for. They have to uh, help each
1: other out. <laughs> She's just fallen on a little bit of hard work, and it's up to us, as her friends, to. we're hearing more about Shirley Hamilton who might be a more interesting character than some of the other ones who are actually in the film like Stephen but that's not Stephen's fault
0: mm. Stephen
1: he was invented on the spot so he can't help it it's one of the few in the room that they follow up on with
0: Claudette the cuz they never follow up on the
1: Yeah, we don't hear a second thing about up. the cancer but we do hear a second thing about her friend who needs a house.
0: Yeah. It was just really interesting watching just this one minute of it because that was something I would never picked up on, and obviously knowing I was coming to see this, I was listening a lot more attentively. I'm just going, mm-hmm. "What on earth is she on
1: it? Right, right. Because when you get to the scene, you're not even thinking about some random conversation she had. That was oh. that was 29 minutes ago mm. that that conversation happened. It was minute 50. It was the awkward situation
0: thing. I, I notice, sort of at the beginning, admitted as well, is um, definitely seems like um, Mark and Lisa are playing eye tennis. Yes, with each other.
1: Totally. They're like googly eyes. They're not very smart about it. Yeah, like Johnny. This is supposed to be an even more crowded party than it is in the film. They just didn't have enough extras. This is not where you look at each other.
0: I do love the overtly loud crowd noises.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, because there's what, 12 people in the room, I think, total? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like more occasionally and sounds like way too quiet some of the time. It's a bad mix. (laughs) I I would like to point out that when they show the cake, there's only one piece missing. And Mike is the one we see eating cake. So Mike has grabbed cake before Johnny or anyone else, and he needs to stop. I think he has an eating disorder.
0: <laughs> because, you
1: know, he's involving chocolate in his sex life. Now he's just stealing cake. He's got a problem.
0: He just, not once can he eat food properly in this film. <laughs> nope. There's like a ruminating cow or something, and it's just hanging out of his mouth. It's ridiculous. But, and this was the
1: choice by the actor and actress, Mike and Michelle, like, they wanted, they're like, we already had food earlier, let's play with food. And so it's, it's again, continuity. This is a minute of continuity. Michelle feeds the cake to him. Mm-hmm. He pretends to feed her, but then eats it himself. He's, he's got problems.
0: I just think as well, my theory is that you'll notice that the rest of the, um, of the party snack table looks like it's barely been touched. And I, my theory is maybe that was, uh, the catering for the whole film and they just were trying not to touch <laughs> what it. The- because- <laughs> all they had, yeah, probably Tommy wasn't going to spend any more money. It's more food
1: than they had the entire time, and he's like, no, don't touch that. <laughs> I might need to shoot it. Yeah, they were thinking we better save
0: that. That wouldn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, no, we know he didn't have water, for sure. Yeah, Craft services probably wasn't much.
0: Yeah, they couldn't even get all. This is a bowl of pretzels. As long as Tommy's got his own toilet, though.
1: Yeah, as long as Tommy's got what Tommy's got. Who cares about the rest of the crew? Mm-hmm. He's paying them. It's up to them to get their stuff, right? Obviously.
0: They weren't even provided with water, right?
1: Right, mm-hmm. which was a problem for so Claudette earlier. So why would they be
0: provided with food? Yeah. Or, air? <laughs>
1: or air? That's where they have to
0: go outside, if, obviously. If he could have kept
1: them from having air, yeah. <laughs> so we, we get all our extras again. Carrie McDermott, Bennett Dunn. At the end of this minute, we get Jennifer Vanderbleek and Amy Von Brock, who was... Um, I think she was Amy Van Brock was one of the makeup people for the movie as well and she's one of the two at the end of this minute having a good time that loves the idea of going outside for some fresh air hey
0: everybody let's go outside for some fresh air
1: yeah. Yeah. And totally does not have ulterior motives at all. Oh, Lisa! Uh, no, what you no. about No, Lisa. Let's everyone get some air. So subtle. The roof does seem set up for a party, so I guess it was planned. But on the in the moment, it does not seem like it.
0: My issue is that the apartment just seems—it's more um. You know, convoluted than the Overlook Hotel in terms of what <laughs> is where and where people live exactly. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> well, and their apartment is so small. It's just, just this little room. We got the what we've called the uh, chair and alcohol storage room off to the one side. Yeah, you know, bedroom and bath upstairs, of course, but we don't spend a lot of time up there. It's it's just a tiny. Well, it feels like nice... a
0: long time when we have to watch it.
1: Oh, true, true, true. One of those scenes took like four minutes, so that was more than a week of this show. Sorry, listeners. Now, there's not much in this minute for notes from a midnight screening. Notes
0: from a midnight screening.
1: But one of them is great because if you take a look, if you have the minute up now, look at Mike's watch because it's a little kid's watch.
0: I thought that when I saw it earlier. Kind of adorable. Yeah, a
1: little blue plastic thing with a red band. And so as soon as he's on screen with that, people in the audience are like, oh, nice watch. And so when he tries to get the cake, they're like, that's not how you eat cake, you idiot. You have a fork. (laughs) Because he does have a fork on his plate and he's still eating with his hands. Mike is a problem. An entertaining problem, but a problem.
0: Yeah, that tumble into the um, dustbins earlier on, that really did number on him.
1: He he has a fork. He doesn't remember what it's for. He's been damaged. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, the minute closes with Lisa saying, everybody, hey, let's go outside for some fresh air. Now, Ollie, I don't know you very well. You were your last-minute ad to the show, so I'm curious, how how long have you been a fan of The Room?
0: Quite a while, actually. It was around about 2008, I think it was, when I first saw it. Wow. And I'd only ever heard of it as sort of a film magazine that we have in this country called total film who they did a, a piece on it and i was fascinated hearing about it but then it sort of lost track of it for a long time and then the the meme of uh johnny doing the whole you know you're tearing me apart lisa yeah. you are tearing me apart lisa this became a lot more commonplace and then there was the um nostalgia critic review oh. and i thought well, i've just i've to see what this is like (laughs) and every time i see it every time i see it i think it can't possibly get any funnier or weirder but it it excels itself it is the film that keeps on giving
1: yeah and we'll talk about other bad movies on friday but i've been watching a lot of them lately and this is one of the more watchable ones uh, for some reason there's something about the way that people perform
0: Mm, absolutely it
1: doesn't have that boring middle that a lot of them do Mm. and it's not as it, it's understandable, because it has a plot that is really simple, mm. Unlike a, like a Neil Breen film or something. It, it, Tommy Wiseau wrote something that flows from beginning to end. It doesn't flow well, so, but it flows.
0: And I think for all the negative things that you can say about him and about the film...
1: If you were to ask the five best filmmakers in the world right now to make a movie like this, it, it wouldn't even be in the same universe. I was blown
0: away like like three minutes after i turned my finger this is the fucking greatest movie I've ever seen in my life what genius is behind this tommy wanted to break tommy wanted to break barriers in filmmaking i think that he had a very clear vision he is a figure of mystery where you know you do want to learn more about him. who is this man who is this auteur the kind of sheer ambition of it is
1: is incredible the numbers probably prove how unlikely it is that you'll make it
0: if i had a time machine i wouldn't go do a bunch of st- uh stuff you i would go back and try and get on that set just to watch and feel what it was like because it has to be unbelievable so the, the comparisons to edward that lots of other people have made well mm-hmm. i think are really apt because they did threw people over and yeah. uh, um at the end of the day they truly believed in what they were doing and in what they were doing was good Despite what everyone else was telling them and that's kind of admirable i think weird way
1: <laughs> yeah for tommy yeah i mean i i wish he had treated the crew and the cast better along the way mm. but yeah you you got to respect the idea that he decided he'd wanted to be an actor it wasn't going how he wanted to so he put his money where his mouth was you know he wrote a script filmed the script put it out there yeah for all of us to you know make fun of and laugh at and enjoy for years
0: There are so few films, even good ones, that people are still talking about to this extent on podcasts such as this. Yeah. It's got a legacy, and so many other well-made films won't even have that. Yeah, that's true. It has withstood, like, ten years, and people are still watching a movie and talking about a movie. People aren't doing that about whatever won the Oscar for Best Picture ten years ago. True. I
1: mean, for some, they'll win an award, and then you just forget they even exist. You're like, wait, what was that? Hmm. But this one people remember. Like a cult. And now with disaster artists, people who haven't even seen it remember it. Yeah. So it's got levels.
0: I would say that the disaster artist for me is of all the things associated with the room, the book is probably my favorite. Yes. Because it's it's just somehow funnier than the Yeah. And yet at the same time so much this there's, there's a lot of heart oh yeah in it. it's a re- it's one of the most interesting male relationships i've ever yeah. been depicted anywhere Um, I, I just loved it and it when he
1: tells like the backstory for you know pierre his sort of fictionalized version of tommy yeah yeah it's sweet and it makes you feel sad for this like lonely guy who i mean we've seen tommy was so we know he's weird but he had trouble being normal and having a life. And at some point he had a girlfriend and it, it ended badly. And he was in a car accident and he changed his life. And it's, it's a nice story. Yeah. I wish the movie had a little bit more of that yeah. and less just recreating scenes from the room.
0: Yeah. It's a, I I really enjoyed the disaster cool. Artist as a film, but I um think almost the problem with it though was, I think it's interesting because um, my girlfriend hasn't actually seen it. And, Thought it might be interesting to see if she wanted to see the Disaster Artist first, <laughs> get her impressions of that. Because I think, as someone who's so into the original, seeing the Disaster Artist was kind of like, well, yeah, I kind of know this, right? Already, and a lot of the tropes, like that. Oh, is she f- <laughs> her belly button kind of things that everyone's kind of already navel fucking said that Lisa suddenly grows a vagina in her hip. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to be harsh towards. It. I thought it's, it was one of my favorite films that year that it came out, but. You, you know, it's just nothing will nothing will top the, the book or the film. But it was a noble effort. Yeah, certainly.
1: the book has a hell of a lot more detail and depth. Any other comments on minute 79?
0: Oh well, one thing I found interesting. They're all going to get out of the front door. Um, I'm sure it's the same in America, but it, it reminded me very much of the trying to get off the tube, the underground the <laughs> shuffle that people do. Uh, trying, they, they want to get going, uh-huh. but there's too many people in front of them. And I don't know who it is, but one of them is like, um, just boops the balloon out of the way. Yeah, just that's, that's the beginning of the next minute. But yeah, it's, of,
1: it's uh, Bennett Dunn, one of the extras. Yeah, oh, sorry. yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, will, we will start with that next time. Now, Ollie, where can the listeners hear more from you?
0: Um, You can find me on at SitCand, which is a podcast I do with one of my best friends, where we review sitcoms episode by episode. We're currently doing Friends. Or you can listen to my new podcast, which is All Things Dark and Distasteful. And on Twitter, it's at Dark Distasteful, which is where every week I have a different guest and we talk about something weird and creepy.
1: Cool. I'm like, like what?
0: (laughs) Oh, so uh, the very first episode is about uh, Ouija boards. Okay. And then the second one, we cover Fred Fred and Rose West, who are some pretty notorious um, serial killers from the UK. Yeah, The next one's going to be on Little Shop of Horrors, the musical. So it it jumps all over the place in terms of, like, funny, dark, creepy things and serious, (laughs) dark, creepy things.
1: If you need another serial killer episode, I can come on and talk about, you know, I share a name with a serial killer, so... Talk about him. Robert Black. Yes. It, well, I mean I'm always <laughs> Yeah. That might be a weird conversation. Or the absolutely. abducted Thank children you. and did weird things to them and then killed them, so <laughs> might be the wrong kind
0: of Hey freedom. but it needs to be talked about.
1: <laughs> but he's dead now, it's fine. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but it's nothing wrong when people make a fun of the project in this case the room.
1: The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio you can find more content at lemmingdrops.com
0: follow the room minute on all the obvious social media if you've got any stupid
1: comments after the show you can leave them in your pocket on facebook if you like what you hear throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice thank you for listening and remember if a lot of people loved each other the world would be a better place to live leave us